0: Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo!
1: And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal. Our Friday Orbit, Dan. Careening Welcome. through space. Yeah. hurtling <laughs> through the great unknown. I am... Yeah. One of your two co-hosts, Ty Hildenbrandt. I am joined as always by that man over there in the heart of the Midwest, a true Midwesterner. <laughs> no. The one and only Dan Rubenstein, sir. How are so you doing? mean. How's it going? I'm pretty good.
0: I'm, uh, let's see. I went for a run today. I got in 10 minutes of a quick minutes of a quick meditation, Ty. Really centered myself, focused on my breathing.
1: Great. Got the dough babies to pull out of the fridge in a little while. The dough I babies can't... were in the fridge on Wednesday. Did you ever take them out? Or are they still in?
0: No, it was a. It's a seventy-two hour ferment. They went in on Monday, and today is Thursday. It's a three-day fermentation, and I hope to have some
1: quality tang when I pull them out of the oven. So tonight. this is this is truly like time lapse podcasting right now. It's correct. That is absolutely correct. You yeah, have not made want... any progress since we last spoke with you. What kind of a pizza operation is this? Ty, the gluten formation. Is the progress we're talking Glute about here?
0: Formation, the microbes, the fungus—they're doing their thing. That's the progress. I'm going to give Come you on.
1: a URL: <laughs> www.dominoes.com. Check it out.
0: Listen, it, de- it just depends where your bar is, Ty. Dominoes is cool. Domino's is delicious. Dominoes has a place, but you know, my bar is not always Dominoes.
1: Wherever your bar may be. <laughs> Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making the Solid Verbal podcast part of your end of week plans, weekend plans. Whenever you may listen, we appreciate it. Don't forget to go on out to solidverbal.com where you can find all the fine stuff we've been doing, as well as all the subscribe links. If you want to make sure that all of our episodes are delivered to the doorstep of whatever your chosen podcasting app is. Also, while you're out there, sign up for the newsletter when I'm sure a number of folks are listening to this. There will be a new solvable newsletter of intent in your inboxes where we've been sending out some announcements and items that we think are of interest in the verbalerhood. Also, check out our social feeds, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, now YouTube, youtube.com slash the Solid Verbal, Dan. The the solid verbal. Yeah. And finally, give us a call. 408-VERBAL-1. 408-VERBAL-1. 408-837-2251. Got a big week of games on this here week five in the college football world. Call in. Stream of consciousness. Let us know what you're feeling in the moment. And we're going to cut those up on our Sunday recap show And put together like three or four minute clip of our favorites, Dan. It's the way it works in the Solid Verbal. As it should. As
0: it should. As it has for a long time. Would you like to get into some quick news before we play a space game? Let's do it. breaking
1: news!
0: Beep, beep, beep. So we've got opt-ins. We've got opt-outs. We have transfer waivers being approved. There's lots of administrative goings on, Ty. Where would you like to
1: start with this?
0: Well, on the subject of long fermentation, the Joey Gatewood and Cade Mays news for, for Kentucky and Tennessee, respectively, is nothing but good. It seems, although obviously it would have been nice to have them last week, perhaps, but... Cade Mays, the, the tackle, the offensive lineman for Tennessee, the transfer obviously now can play, is eligible, and the same goes for Joey Gatewood, the more, I would say, physical bruising quarterback option that Kentucky now has, perhaps oh, he's, to
1: complement he's, he's a big boy. 6'4", 220, something mm-hmm. like that, at least that. So, um, you know, when I did the Kentucky preview, one of the items that kept coming up was that even if gatewood's not the starter there will be a gatewood package they will find ways to use this kid and uh was a big recruit went to auburn initially would have been cool if he were there and available for the auburn game but wasn't meant to be sounds like he's gonna be with the team now moving forward so pumped to see what he can do as
0: soon as that package is unveiled easy Dan, easy easy we will come up with the name for the gatewood package. Oh, clearly. Whatever we will it'll involve alliteration. I don't know if it's a gate woody. Do you know what a woody is, Ty, in might terms be a of l-
1: cars? In terms of cars, right? It might be okay. a little too a little too risque for the show, but I'm I'm open as I always am to your ideas. A woody is a it's a large, it's almost a pre-SUV stop, and stop, it's called stop, a woody. Da, 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 da. No,
0: I this is this is totally rated G, Ty. It was popular with surfers in the '60s. It was called a Woody because of wood paneling, Ty. Oh, wood right, paneling. It was right. a long enough car to fit surfboards atop. That's exactly what I think of when you say that. So, Ty, I don't. You're thinking Toy Story? I don't know where your brain is, Ty. I just don't. <sighs> Harrelson. Right. Of course, white man can't jump. Okay. I don't know. I don't know where you go with this sometimes. Um, So yeah, hopefully in terms of uh, short yardage, we'll see some Joey Gatewood and Cade Mays certainly reinforces the Tennessee offensive line. I saw Paulson Adebo, heralded corner at Stanford, has decided to opt out of the season. Rashad Bateman made it official that he's opting back in. James Franklin clarified that Micah Parsons will remain opted out. And... I don't know if there are any other notable opt-ins, opt-outs that happened relatively recently. Um, your reaction to any of those? The Micah Parsons, Paulson, debo any of that?
1: The the Micah Parsons Bateman. one was, um, I don't think, unexpected. Were I, Penn I, State I, fans holding out hope, though? I think a little bit, you know, okay. because James Franklin had had portrayed an ongoing conversation. He never gave any guarantees, okay. but he had portrayed that there was at least dialogue between him and Micah perhaps to bring him back. I understand the decision one way or the other Micah Parsons is going to be a first round pick um, but no doubt a bummer for Penn State now that there's renewed hope for this season and for their chances of uh, playing some schedule potentially making it to a playoff they've got a really good team coming back so that was that was a bit of a tough pill to swallow. I am excited about the Rashad Bateman news though um you know yeah. one of well we'll get to the game. Tonight, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about Minnesota, but his presence on that offense will certainly be a very big boost in the passing game, and uh, you know maybe help all around for new offensive coordinator Mike Sanford Jr. If you can believe, yeah. That. So we'll That's get to correct. that in a little bit.
0: Former Notre Dame coordinator, uh, the Mountain West re- released its schedule. I almost said another word. I almost said reversed its schedule, which would be very strange. But the Mountain West did release its schedule with games beginning on October 24th. If you remember, that's when the Big Ten is starting. And interestingly enough, Boise State has BYU, independent BYU in week three. I believe that game is at home in Boise on the blue turf for the Broncos. So a renewed pseudo... I don't know if it's a rivalry per se, but former conference mates playing once again. So I like seeing that. Um, Otherwise... I, I honestly have just looked at the schedule about 90 seconds ago. Boise travels to Hawaii and and the fight in Todd Graham's tie. Yeah, and so yeah, I I guess we'll we'll have a better formed opinion of the Mountain West schedule. I guess by the time we we discuss the Mountain West in depth more, I would say to expect, even though you already know what the content of this episode is based on the title and description, we will be doing conference previews probably in some form on UFOs in the future for the conferences that have reversed and decided to play a season in some form this fall. But Mountain West teams, it appears like they're playing eight games. Air Force, I, I see, has an open date. San Diego State has a TBA in there. But eight games looks like the the schedule with the championship game on December 19th. So if nothing else, Ty, it means we get – quality football even before the Pac-12 comes back later at night on Saturdays.
1: Have we ever right? seen Todd Graham in a Hawaiian shirt? Um, I know we've it seen fits, him. It though. It weirdly fits, though. I don't think I've seen it, but it'll fit. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, I'm looking at a Google image search here, and, you know, he's got the traditional lay around his neck in the yeah. introductory press conference. And obviously, he's got this fixation with the weird, you know, ShamWow headset that he's worn recently. But I was looking for a picture of him in a Hawaiian shirt, like a Tommy Bahama type thing. I can't find any out there, but it feels like he would actually wear that pretty well.
0: Yeah, well, he's got the tan, which, you know, somebody that spends a lot of time, perhaps, in the islands, that makes sense. Um, So it it seems like it'll fit him. Should also be noted about Hawaii, and I, I suppose we'll talk about this more when we talk more Mountain West football, Brennan Marion, has been a name that has been, he's interviewed for bigger jobs. He's the receivers coach and assistant coach, assistant head coach. um, Or no, he's just the receivers coach. Excuse me, I'm reading this incorrectly. But, he has had his hands on a number of high-profile quarterbacks, including the Newton brothers, Cam and Kalen, and has what he calls the go-go offense. I read a piece about it. Go-go go offense. Oh. The go-go offense involving two backs in the backfield sort of next to each other in the H-back kind of position. It's a, it's a sort of pseudo-triple option from a very different look. And you can do a lot out of it. And Cam Newton, I guess, has been doing a little bit of it for the the Patriots. So Hawaii's offense has a good chance of being inventive. He was doing it at the FCS level. So he is coaching receivers there. The go go uh, excited offense. To see it. The it's go, got go a, offense. Got a great Pretty name. Pretty good name. Yeah. You need a good name if you want it to stick, man. So I'm excited for Mountain West football, like I am every single friggin' year. Uh Clemson lost a blue chip running back to transfer, Demarcus Bowman. Um Otherwise, I mean, California, in terms of COVID stuff, they raised their outdoor practice limits to 75 players can gather. So that seems like a positive thing for for major teams in California who are going to be playing football. Uh, App State, Louisiana, next week has been postponed until early December, which was for sure a headline, if not the headline
1: matchup of the Sun Belt season. The only other thing I'd point out here, like, yeah. I know there was a healthy amount of skepticism around... Are they going to get the season in? What's it going to look like? How's it going to go? What do we expect? There's no denying the fact that this is a very weird and quirky season already. We've had yeah. multiple postponements. Various schools have had issues with COVID cases and whatnot. But I I don't want to lower the guard too much. It does feel like they've managed it pretty well. It has gone, I think, at least to this point, a little bit better than I expected, and that is encouraging i guess as we bring two more conferences on stream i don't know what kind of complications that's going to add to the process but right would you agree that this you know it seems like they've been able to manage like it's going okay maybe better than you thought uh for the most part yeah i the you know the the acc has probably had the biggest
0: issues early on in terms of quarantining players and struggling without a lot of players i think what was it 23 players and coaches at Virginia Tech were unable to yep. get involved yep. with the game against NC State last week. So, there are bummers like that. It certainly seems to have hit the group of 5 schools a little bit harder and I don't know if that's a resource thing or uh, a repetition thing with testing thing. I, I I'm not positive, but you know, we've seen some schools be hit pretty hard, you know, Memphis and Houston, uh Louisiana Tech. So, I'm hopeful that with more data and more knowledge, things will continue to improve. It seems like it has across many major sports, which college football definitely is. Baseball had early blips for sure. That's probably a kind way of of putting it. (laughs) But the NHL and, you know, baseball is going into a bubble now, right? For the playoffs, or is in a bubble. Uh, The NFL had, you know, they have a cancellation postponement with the Titans having an issue, but I don't think the Vikings tested positive. So, Hopefully that gets cleaned up well. Um, it, it seems that practices are improving across all major sports, and hopefully that's consistent with college football. So yeah. I'm excited to see how the the Pac-12 and the Big Ten with its rapid testing is able to to navigate
1: their short season, for sure. Final point here while we're talking about news. Yeah. A few weeks ago, we asked Arver Ballerhood for input. Or maybe what it would want to see from us if we decided to do the Patreon thing. Yeah, it's exciting. We are going to do the Patreon thing. Correct. And that announcement is coming. But we heard what folks said. We've thrown in some new offers. We're putting everyone on notice that there is a Patreon thing coming. So stay tuned for much more information Mm -hmm. and more hints before our big reveal if you like watching the Bruin A, perhaps you'll get some additional hints. Oh, I like that. Where can people watch the Bruin A? People can watch the Bruin A right now at youtube.com slash the solid verbal. Correct. And what should they do once they're on that website? You got to tickle that <laughs> tickle that uh, subscribe button. You got to tickle, caress oh, that no. bell when you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Grab that bell.
0: Okay. This is all very exciting. We are, we, are just, we are adding to the stockpile of quality, somewhat quality college football content. I can't wait.
1: We announced a big partnership earlier in the week. We changed the logo the next day, and now we're announcing this. And there is more to mm-hmm. come.
0: And you've sworn that you are no longer visiting dark sites around the world, correct? It's true. Correct? It's very
1: true. Okay. It's all happening. Shall we get to our game? I am ready. So, in typical UFO <sighs> episode fashion... Yeah, there was much deliberation over what this week's U word would be. And one thing that has been on our minds, if it wasn't evident through the early part of this episode already, is the Big Ten and Pac-12 eventually coming back on stream. Sort of a unification, if you will, of the Ooh. college football universe as we know it. Hence, the unified Friday orbit, Daniel, was yeah. born. Was born. So today we are talking specifically about those two conferences in their plight to unify, in their plight to be reintegrated into the college football ecosystem. We are looking at where teams were a year ago and examining the path forward. What do they need to do in 2020 if they want to be a better version of themselves from a previous year? Does that sound about right? Am I tracking with the game today? <laughs> You're tracking with the game. It's sort
0: of a a Rose Bowl handshake at, at the at the Rose Garden when we have a, a treaty when we have something like that. Larry Scott and the Big Ten, what's this? Kevin Warren, yep. new new commissioner, shaking hands, agreeing to come back. And Larry Scott whispering to him, thank you, we needed this. Thank you so much for <laughs> announcing first. Thank you. Oh my God. You guys, they will not stop just harassing me. Um So we are going to go through, as you can hear, a pre-launch check, because certainly the processes and preseason fall camp is going to be very different for these teams. We talked about California and their rules. And so we're looking at a number of the more interesting teams, not necessarily the best, but some of the best and some of the more interesting teams in both the Pac-12 and Big 10, now that they've had an extra long period of time to look at 2019 and evaluate what went right and what went wrong. Let's just double and triple check these things and make sure we can improve them if we're looking to impress, I don't know, the college football playoff committee, playing fewer games but looking oh so dominant that you can't ignore Arizona State, (laughs) Minnesota, one of a team like that. Um, By the way, did you see Larry Scott was like, hey, what about eight games? Yeah, What about eight teams? And the uh, the playoff was like, you know, I think we're good. <laughs> and I'm I'm bummed about that. And I'm gonna tell you this, as somebody who doesn't love the playoff, I'm bummed that the playoff committee didn't commit to the very quirky strange bit that is 2020.
1: They could still have been a great opportunity. They could still put in UCF or Cincinnati. They could. They most certainly could. If they want to commit to yeah. the bit, that's one way they could.
0: That is true. That's a good point. But a one-off, just like the SEC is claiming that one-off 10-game schedule, they could have committed to just a
1: free-for-all eight-teamer bit. And they didn't. That's a bummer. So what we've done is split up the duties here. We've got 10 teams that we're going to discuss. We're going to go through rapid fire, I guess, to some extent. But you've got Pac-12. I've got Big Ten. We've each picked out five teams that we are interested in for a variety of reasons. We examined their flaws from a year ago. I'm going to talk about what they need to do to correct that in 2020. You want to go first? Sure. Let's
0: start with ASU. I mentioned the Sun Devils and I I wasn't joking. I was perhaps exaggerating and talking about Arizona State and the college football playoff. But in terms of what Arizona State needs to double and triple check. the hire a new offensive coordinator. And to be clear, this is not our Pac-12 or Big Ten preview. But we just want to give some shine and some love to the conferences that are preparing their comeback. Arizona State needs to double and triple check that they can run the ball. Because <laughs> that's not what they did last year with any sort of consistency no. or efficiency. Um, Jaden Daniels needs to, I would say, raise his floor. Because good Jaden Daniels, quarterback for ASU, was great. You look at the Oregon game, the Wazoo game, but his down games were sub-seller, sub-basement. That's you know the Arizona game. It can't happen in a rivalry game. The Utah game. He was woeful. Uh, so he needs to go from really good and to really bad from from that to really good and not great, but fine. That needs to be his basement because he is... Uh, you know, incredibly talented, makes a ton of throws and should improve this year. Uh, the defensive line needs to make more plays. They need to interrupt offenses a lot more often. And just ASU in situations, in high leverage situations, third down, fourth down, red zone situations. It's Zach Hill, new offensive coordinator, comes in from has that Boise DNA. There needs to be a, a list of 14 go-to, no-brainer, we should pick up seven-yard plays in his playbook and so if that exists arizona state will definitely be better and so those are the double triple checks to me with asu
1: yeah and to your point about the running game you know benjamin gone you know benjamin got something north of i want to say 250 carries a year ago but yeah only around a thousand yards average is like four something per carry um We expected last year to get more out of him, and there are factors why we didn't, but Mm -hmm. to your point here, I think it's it's something that would definitely assist in Jaden Daniels as he continues to improve as now a sophomore on the roster.
0: Run the ball, be better on big situations, don't be terrible at quarterback.
1: Yeah, those are your checks. I mentioned Minnesota earlier, and we can keep with the theme. Actually, it is a recurring theme as i look across the five teams in the big 10 that i've pulled out minnesota right. i would say michigan and ohio state i had to find something with ohio state and oh, all wow. of them that's that's difficult good for you all of them share thank you a common affliction in explosiveness in the running game for minnesota it's it's an interesting proposition because they lose their offensive coordinator to Penn State. They bring in Mike Sanford Jr. They also lose Rod Smith and Shannon Brooks. Mm -hmm. Two high achievers at the running back position. But Mo Ibrahim is back. Oh, yeah. We loved ourselves some Mo Ibrahim. Love Mo. Yeah. Led the team in rushing two years ago. The line is intact, which is a big deal. And now with the addition of Rashad Bateman, I, you know, most of the band is back together before there was an open question about who is Tanner Morgan going to target to present a real threat in the passing game. I think we have the answer to that question Mm -hmm. as a time of recording. So 88th nationally in terms of running game explosiveness, marginal explosiveness, if you want to be exact a year ago, I think the improvement along the line is going to help. I think the fact that they've got an accomplished runner will also help in that effort. I am I, I'm I'm mixed on Mike Sanford Jr. I liked Kirk Shiraka better, but I do feel pretty bullish about their opportunities here to improve upon that 88 number. So, I'm encouraged. I, I feel good yeah, about and, it. Yeah, and and don't forget why Kirk
0: Shiraka got cuz we love saying his name on the show. Why he got the attention of bigger places and got a bigger job, even though Minnesota did beat Penn State, is because the players performed really well. Minnesota has really good players. You mentioned the offensive line skill position, guys. The offense should not take a step back when you have that kind of performance from Tanner Morgan, when you have a true number one receiver. So it's it reflects really well on the players playing offense, the offensive players for Minnesota that Kirk Shiraka was able to... to have a an upwardly mobile career so it's great for everybody totally all right where are we going in the pac-12 dan you're up uh let's stay in the pac-12 south with the probably one of the more fascinating teams in the country usc so the trojans in terms of double and triple checking what they really need to to make sure they get cleaned up, stay healthier on defense. <laughs> I don't <laughs> okay. know what that means. Go to bed earlier, drink more water, do some more stretching. They they had some difficulty at linebackers staying healthy. They, they're replacing dudes. They're getting dudes back from major injuries. They have a ton of talent there, but the linebackers need to make a little bit more, I'm not going to say more plays, but stay on the field. However you can do that, especially against the run. You know, Find your lanes tackle the dudes that are running through the lane. Because USC, you could you could march down the field on the ground against SC at times. Now it's Todd Orlando taking over the defense. Can they get off the field on third downs? That's a huge deal because USC's offense should be pretty explosive. So if you can find ways to get off the field quickly, that's just enormous. I mean, it's enormous for everybody, but USC looks like a team that can score a bunch of points. They need to get better in the red zone. And I would say they need to get a little bit better at... Throw in some change ups on offense. Now, they, this was a, a really, really strong offense last year, but they have talent at running back. So just I don't know, mix in some draws, keep people off balance a little bit more because they have the dudes that can do that, and it would take them from really strong to full on war machine, and that could be extremely fun to watch and give the Pac-12 a much needed attention boost starting November sixth, seventh. So. That's that's the double and triple check to me because they're returning a, a just a fantastic secondary. I won't say fantastic, but a really good secondary. It's all back, and the the weapons on offense look to be very strong once again. So that's that's the double triple
1: check. Double triple check. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> fix it. Should I go to Michigan? Let's do it. I'm excited. Same theme here. One hundred and thirteenth. Running game marginal explosiveness a year ago. How many big plays did they have the running game? Not many. Um, 82nd in running game efficiency. So this is not a good running game. They have good players, which is kind of the Yeah, they were, they were finding dudes too last year. They were trying to figure it out. This year, Hassan Haskins, Zach Chabonet, Chabonet. are both back. The problem is that four of five offensive linemen are gone. It actually would have been all five, if not for Jalen Mayfield opting back in. They've also got a new quarterback situation. It's, I think, somewhat questionable how much teams are going to have to worry about the pass. A lot of this offense is going to be starting over.
0: I'm excited for Big Joe. Big Joe Milton? Yeah. Big arm
1: tie. Big arm. Can really spin it, is what I've heard. Can sling it. Can spin it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a, a blank slate here to some extent. Defense should still be really good. Really good. Defense will not be the issue here. The problems on offense, though, do extend beyond just this efficiency and explosiveness in the running game. They got to they gotta kind of find their way in real time. No doubt it's going to be harder, given circumstances, to just try to bolt this thing together. There is talent. It's Michigan. But there are, there are a lot of unknowns here. The problem that I have with, like, being skeptical, at least Mm -hmm. within the context of our game, it's hard to go lower than 113th in running back explosiveness. (laughs) Like, they're probably going to be better in that sense than they were a year ago. So if you're using that as kind of the bar, they will clear it this season. I am confident that they will clear it just on talent alone in a weird year where talent probably rules supreme. But the offense as a whole... Remains a great unknown because of the turnover.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that line needs to gel quickly. They I, I don't believe Shea Patterson was all that accurate last year. And Joe Milton, they're just gonna they're gonna have to find completable passes to get him in a rhythm early on in the season in a very strange year. And by the way, counterpoint to the running and explosiveness thing. The Notre Dame game. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the counterpoint, isn't it? The counterpoint <laughs> to that, yeah. So it's proof of concept, though, Ty. It's proof of concept that they have they have the running backs. They have, you know, the ability to develop a line into a place that, and and maybe that's not the answer against Penn State or Ohio State, but to have that arrow in the quiver uh, seems important. You know how big Joe Milton is, by the way. Is this show just dedicated to large men playing quarterback? We've already mentioned Joey Gatewood, the Newton brothers. (laughs) Now Joe Milton. Yeah. Large man. 6'5",
1: 245. Yeah. Not boy. Man. Man. Yeah. That's a big freaking dude. Yeah. Excited to see him. All right. Sling it. (laughs) Really spin it. Talk to me about the Pac-12. Okay, let's actually you know
0: what? screw it. Let's stay in the South. I, I tend to focus more on the North because of Oregon, but let's talk about the Utah Utes.
1: Tell me about the Utes.
0: <laughs> the Utes of Utah. Um, so Jake Bentley enters in and I think has some promise. The The corrections to me are almost like because Utah has been so successful and so sound everywhere on the field for You know, just ignore the last couple games against Texas and Oregon last year. But, you know, when NBA players in the offseason, they go hang out with Akeem Olajuwon and learn low post moves. Just the baby hook. Yeah. Well, the dream shake. Yeah. The up and unders. Just Utah needs a little bit of that. They're replacing their secondary, but the proof of concept with how well that defense replaces dudes pretty obvious on offense, though. I would say maybe add a little tempo. They're so deliberate. And they're so at times, at times, predictable, though their offense has been very good. And so, just in those bigger moments, and you know, maybe it's rolling out instead of just stuffing everybody to the line of scrimmage, just finding a little bit more unpredictability, a little more tempo, just adding that to their game. The linebackers need to be probably, after a really nice run of linebackers, a little bit more disruptive, but. This is just, it's dream shake territory, Ty. Yeah. It's hard to look at Utah and say, this, this needs to be an enormous priority or else you're in trouble because Utah has just done so well in so many places. So yeah, I would say executing downfield a little bit more. And I don't know if they have the dudes necessarily to do that consistently, but keep, keep teams on their heels in a way that I don't think they always do.
1: How long before an enterprising beat writer Trots out the term driving a Bentley as sort of a (laughs) oh man, a a weird and
0: this Bentley's got wheels
1: overused pun with Jake Bentley now taking over the starting reins.
0: Um, I don't know if he'll be put in a position to be full on electric and deserving of a nickname, but uh, it won't be long, Ty. It won't be long. All right,
1: let me go back over to the Big Ten. And let's talk about Wisconsin. I'll get away for a second from the running back thing because that was not an issue for Wisconsin, at least not in the running game. Passing game, though, though, explosiveness was a problem. Jack Cohn, a year ago, I thought had a good enough season. I don't know if he wowed people, but he was a lot better than I expected. Let him the Rose Bowl. Let him the Rose Bowl. The question this year is now, is it going to be Jack Cohn or is it going to be Graham Mertz? Now, Ooh, I have a hard we time. talked with, about this. I have a hard time with this one because I think eventually it's got to be Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz is probably the most talented quarterback that they've ever recruited. He comes in. There's no doubt that he can really spin it, Dan. <laughs> and so he gives him more. I think he gives him more as a downfield passer than Jack Cohn. Um, there are no obvious go to threats in the passing game, which does make the the aerial assault a little bit harder to suss out. But I I don't know the answer to this question because I need to know more about if we're gonna see playing time for Mertz. If it's Graham Mertz, I think there will be an inclination to try and stretch the field a little bit more. That's more his skill set. If it's Jack Cohn, I am not optimistic. That even if they improve in terms of explosiveness in the passing game, that it's going to be light years better. It's hard to go lower than 95th in terms of passing explosion. But if they get up to 70th or even 65th, even though that would mark improvement, Wisconsin should be better. And they could be better, I think, if they went to Graham Mertz. So I don't have an answer to this question. I think they could They've get been- better if they went Mertz. They've been consistently good at identifying,
0: not great, good at identifying guys, developing guys, and and helping to put them in a position to succeed because of how dominant their run games have been over these past few years. Last year, it was Quintez Cephas. He, of course, comes back after missing uh, a lot of time with his legal issues and performed really, really well. The issue is, after Cephas last year, the next highest receiver and this is total yardage which take it with a grain of salt but the next highest receiver in terms of total yardage was kendrick Pryor, with nearly 700 fewer yards it was yeah, 901 to 278 it's true so it's it's finding those dudes that can keep a, a two safety look in place for the run game and that hasn't always been the case but yes i i would imagine if we are nitpicking Those are the dudes that help you beat Ohio State, which is where Wisconsin's bar currently is. I'll stick with Ohio State. Let's talk Buckeyes,
1: and you're going to nitpick the hell out of something. (laughs) They had a high sack rate, I guess. They gave up bigger-ish run plays, Mm -hmm. which I should have looked this up, but I believe was still improved from the year prior. That was one of the big issues. They gave up a lot of big plays on defense. Um, I'm not really worried about Ohio State at all. <laughs> no, I mean, well, it's two new coordinators,
0: technically, technically. even though there are co-coordinators and whatever. Um, So it's two new coordinators, which has not always in this early season been the greatest thing when you have a, you know, you don't have a preseason, certainly Ohio State is on some level fortunate. They had a good chance of beating Oregon, but they don't have to start their season in week two or whatever against Oregon. So Ohio State's in a good enough place where they should be able to communicate and learn new ways of operating on both sides of the ball. But that's nitpicking because they've got dudes <laughs> everywhere. That's They they just, they do. And yeah. you, can, you can look at little things. Well, so, okay, so maybe this isn't about the Big Ten. Maybe this is about beating... Alabama. Maybe this is about beating Clemson. Maybe this is about beating whoever they might have to face in the in a potential college football playoff semifinal or championship game. And so, I, you look at the numbers, you watch some of the the their closer games in quotes closer. There's not much to be terrified of um, in terms of they need to fix this immediately. So, this is a smooth launch, Ty, as far as we're concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Smooth launch.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're going to try and nitpick the the defense, you know they they lose some dudes in the secondary. Um,
0: yeah, maybe they lose the <laughs> best defensive player in the country in Chase Young. That's a gravit. That's it. Okay, so let's talk about that. Yeah. That's a gravitational issue, right? Sure. Sure, that is absolutely great. Like the the fact that teams were double teaming, the fact that you know the Fox broadcast is circling him as like, here's your problem, here's your problem offense, and they don't necessarily have an obvious person on that level to do that for them this year. So maybe it's developing a a program changing talent. I don't know.
1: They do have a dude, <laughs> dude named. A they have a dude named Tough Borland. Yeah, yeah of which course. is it's almost like Hollywood came up with that name to play middle linebacker amazing it's an amazing I
0: name everybody i can't agrees.
1: okay i can't really come up with much for ohio state I, I feel pretty confident in their ability to get through you know whatever nitpicky stat i found
0: i guess we could have saved people time and said oh, ohio state's really good everybody
1: <laughs> we need the oregon seo news. boost, dan we need that seo
0: oh yeah we do need the seo boost okay let's talk about the washington huskies before going to my oregon ducks um I'm fascinated by what Washington's going to look like. New quarterback, new head coach. uh, The Consistency on defense should be really, really nice. John Donovan, who I I hope will be somewhat better than how Penn State fans remember his time there. Um, The offense needs to be way better on third down. As in, they may have been the worst offense on third down, keeping drives going, which is crazy considering it's a Chris Peterson team. But they just, they fell off a cliff in bigger moments on offense. And that's why they had the season that they did. They were predictable on offense. They had drops. They were just, they weren't present. And Maybe that's the best word I'm looking for. So yeah, maybe they change up the tempo here and there. I mean, John Donovan, the word that everybody likes to throw around is he's multiple. So we'll see. He doesn't seem like a, a hurry-up kind of guy, from what I remember at Penn State. No, uh, oh, it, it God. seems like no. yeah,
1: <laughs> doesn't, doesn't seem like a hurry-up kind of guy. Go on,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying to be nice and yeah, put you're double very diplomatic checks here. here,
1: but John Donovan is John Donovan is John Donovan.
0: Yeah, and they they just on defense because the secondary should be, I think, pretty excellent. They need to get back to being more havocy I would say up front that's batting down balls that's forcing fumbles it's getting after the quarterback a little bit better I know they've had opt-outs up front so that hurts but whatever they're able to do up front to I don't know just get a little more juice going Ty that's 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 my evaluation of this pre-launch check for Washington more juice up front more consistency on offense something that would, I would imagine would be welcome improvements to Husky fans everywhere.
1: Close it out with Oregon, Dan. We're going to close it out with Oregon and Penn State.
0: Yeah, Oregon fans tore whatever hair they have out watching the offense last year. Just very predictable in short yardage situations. It was sort of pistol left. There were moments where they they improved. It was was just maddeningly inconsistent, so they bring in Joe Moorhead. So with a new offensive line and a new quarterback, but surrounded by a lot of talent— it's creativity, not just to open games and not just the first two or three drives, but starting third quarters, middle of the second, late in the fourth. It's just an identity on offense in terms of we're throwing something creative at you. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But let's let's give our team every opportunity to execute. Um, the running backs need to be a little bit better. I think C.J. Verdell has been very good, but sort of in a, a C lane, hit lane, don't fall kind of way. And then field goal kicking. The fact that I am talking about field goal kicking weeks ahead of the season. Tells you how terrified I was watching Oregon line up for field goals. And I I imagine everybody on the Oregon sideline as well. So I don't know. Inject all of the Oregon kickers' feet with spinach, whatever it takes to get a little bit more, more zazz out of this kicking team would be great. Can you inject that's that's the pre launch check with uh, spinach? I believe, I mean, as far as I can tell, yeah. I mean, they're also replacing a bunch of dudes in their secondary, but they've recruited well enough there. And I, I'm not terribly worried about this defense. So th- those
1: to me, those are the, the second and third necessary checks. Interesting. Let's close it out with Penn State. Penn okay. State gave up a, a lot of sacks last year. They were very bad on third and short. Both of those things point to an underperforming offensive line. I would also point to Sean Clifford, who I think got worse. Throughout the course of the year, frankly, take these stats and throw them out the window. I don't care. I don't care about this. What I care about is does Sean Clifford get any better. Does he look more confident when he's out there? He had we like to talk about moments. He had some really big moments where I think it was apparent that this kid can perform uh, on a big stage. He can get the job done, even if the numbers don't indicate that he's having a having a day. He does, he does know how to win some moments. He also knows how to look like he's on a different planet when sometimes he's in a clutch situation. And I think we saw that at times last year. Mm-hmm. I, I am optimistic now with, I think, a better offensive coordinator, him getting better. I'm not going to say the name of the offensive coordinator because we already <laughs> said it like five times a show.
0: Do you think he might be interested in sponsoring <laughs> Solid <laughs>
1: Verbal? <laughs> because... Presented the by the Sharaka family.
0: Yeah, that... God, we've done so well by him.
1: It comes down to Sean Clifford for me. And of course. as Dan, you said, we are going to do a Big Ten preview at some point here relatively soon, probably on one of these Friday shows.
0: Maybe just, just we'll talk the rest of the Big Ten and rest of the Pac-12 on another show.
1: Yeah, we haven't... That? We have not figured out what the format's going to be yet because yeah, obviously 2020 is so weird, but... At some point, we're gonna dive in and talk more Penn State and rest assured Sean Clifford's gonna be a recurring theme. And I got a lot of great things to say about the running game. I'm excited
0: about Who's calling about the, running the
1: plays game. though for Penn State's offense? Who's calling that game? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Let me save that for the preview. Can I save all that okay. for the preview, please?
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah. Dot, dot, dot to be continued. All right.
1: That does it. Unified Friday Orbit, Dan. That's true.
0: Thank you so much. I think we did Einstein
1: proud here. I, what so you had a th- what's the theory it's the unified field theory? Unified field theory, yeah. What yeah. is that? Explain it to the people. It I th- I believe it was Einstein's sort of creation or idea for how he could marry up the theory of relativity with electromagnetism. Did he do it? Did it work? Uh it not spoiler, not fully but the the exploration of unified field theory has led to breakthroughs in quantum physics.
0: Is this something you pay attention to? Like do you I'm not saying do you have a Google alert for
1: unified field theory. I have a Google alert for the warp drive, but not unified field. Okay.
0: Theory. But if you were to come across on Twitter with whatever space and science follows you have in your feed. If there were like oh, interesting breakthrough with unified field theory, are you
1: clicking the link? are you letting it pass you by? No, I'm clicking the link. The problem that okay. I have is that I'm not smart enough to fully understand <laughs> yeah. what's going on. You're smart on. enough to click the link. <laughs> I'm smart enough to click the link to read the article yeah. and to furrow my brow and say, oh, that's interesting. But I don't really know what any of this stuff means. It's just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like how I used to feel about soccer before I got a little more into it. You know? It's sort of, you're, you're basically a, a news anchor who out of nowhere puts on glasses to seem smarter, but in fact is the same person. <laughs> I think that's all right. I think that's right okay. in this case. Okay. I'm very interested in it. I have no idea yeah. what most of it means.
0: Okay. That's okay. Life's all about trying to to grapple with things you don't know and turn them into things you do.
1: Dan, tell the fine folks where they can find more of the solid verbal.
0: Oh my gosh. Um lemon party is that the address <laughs> I always forget uh, solidverbal.com <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to catch you off guard <laughs> um, solidverbal.com for all of the, the pertinent information Instagram Twitter Facebook YouTube at YouTube.com slash the verbal. and once again stay tuned for some pretty exciting offers we have in mind and we have down on paper and down on the website uh, for a, a Patreon subscription I'm fired so up for the
1: Patreon we
0: yeah. are Yeah, we have been toying with this for a long time. And I think our internal pushback was, I don't know what we have to offer. And then we just made a list of cool stuff and now we have cool things to offer. So we're we're
1: genuinely pretty pumped. Don't forget to go on out to our website, solidverbal.com. You can find all the links there, all of our old stuff there. Give us a call this weekend. 408-VERBAL1-408-837-2251 if you want to be part of the reverbs. And what did I forget? Social media, the Reddit, subreddit. Oh, subreddit's fantastic. Also, check us out on YouTube because right after we get done recording this, the Bruin A Dan.
0: Yeah, you said you already cracked something open. I did, I'm I'm one deep. All right, I got to go grab one. But yeah, definitely check out the Bruin A. Well, I think Easter eggs.
1: Little Easter eggs coming way. Not so obvious. Yeah. For that guy over there, my good friend, the one and only champion of the Midwest, Dan Rubenstein. For myself, Ty Hildenbrandt here in Eastern Pennsylvania. We will catch you all on Sunday. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your weekend. And in the meantime, stay safe and stay solid. Peace.